Federico, I do not remember which one of our various shows that we discussed Rogue Legacy on. I know, like, uh, directional, directional, maybe? Maybe. But Rogue Legacy was a mainstay back in those days. Yes. Shane, yes. can you remember? PS Vita, right? Yeah, it was Vita, but which which main PlayStation console was that? Was it 4? Yes. 4. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I announced that one on stage. Did Game you? Oh, wow. Yeah. It was the very first one I announced. That was our, We were so happy to get that. Oh, it was amazing. It I was got it the... at 10 p.m., by the way. Of course you did. A yeah. call at 10 p.m. when all the lights at PlayStation were off. Yeah, and that's me, how me and Lorenzo were you. celebrating like crazy. Because <laughs> one of the great things about the original Rogue Legacy was its ability to do crossplay between PlayStation and Vita, like the cross save mm-hmm. mechanic. So you yeah. could play on one and then save it. And like I would have to go through this thing, like make sure the save is uploaded, great, and then go to my Vita and I could play it. And it was the same game. On all systems. Imagine mm. a world in which the same game could be played on your TV and on handheld. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was like back in the days of Rogue Legacy. Now, Rogue Legacy 2 is out and is currently exclusively on Windows and Xbox, which is funny because it's basically the exact opposite of what Rogue Legacy 1 was, right? Which was, uh, it was mainly for PlayStation, but people played it. I don't know what the deal is there. I'm not sure why that's happening. Um, I haven't really looked into it. My expectation is it will come to other platforms in the future because it's a great game and it's very successful. And this is really honestly like perfect for the Switch, I feel like. And, And I hope that it finds its way there because I've been playing a bunch of Rogue Legacy 2 on my Xbox and it is definitely a game where I do wish I could play it on the go the same as I used to. It's great. I don't, have either of you played any of this? No. Okay. Not of this, not, I remember the first one, but I haven't uh-huh. played the second one. Shahid, what about you? I haven't. No. Okay. I really recommend it. Uh, I think Rogue Legacy 2 will probably be pretty high in my game of the year list at the end of the year. Because... It is basically everything you loved about Rogue Legacy done better. Like, Mm. the gameplay loop is so tight and it's so fun, right? Like, they have just done a great job of, like, honing and refining and making it great. They've expanded it in great ways. Like, my favorite difference between one and two is there are more classes of heroes with different abilities. So, like... You've got like uh, the tip, I can't remember the exact names, but like, you know, the, the characters who have the swords, but you have ones that have axes. And then there are like dragon ones that they have this like awesome weapon and then that like shoots out. And there's mages who have like spell abilities. And like, so the, the actual gameplay, the, the combat differs a lot from different types of hero. And then they still have the abilities that are attached to them, right? Which sometimes give you fun things, sometimes give you uh, like real benefits and sometimes disadvantages, you know? Like if you remember from the game where like sometimes it would turn the whole game black and white or sometimes would like obscure the villains and they still got all of that and there's way more of them. And then you also have like these runes now that give you different types of abilities just in the run that you're currently in. They've like taken everything about the game and have just like continued to tweak it and like make it better than the original. Um, I'm not sure that I'm very good at Rogue Legacy 2. Like, 
I've been playing it a bunch and I'm not progressing past the first area. Um, I got close to beating the first area's boss, but I haven't done it. So basically, currently, I am grinding. And my expectation is Mm. I will just need to get to the point where I am significantly overpowered and then I will move on to the next kind of stage. Yeah, that's basically my approach with Elden Ring as well. Yeah, and that's kind of where I am with this. But the thing is, I'm fine with it because one of the genres of games that I've been talking about wanting more of recently, which I've enjoyed greatly, is games I can jump into for like, I have 30 minutes, what can I play? And this game is perfect for that, right? Where it's like, I can do one, two, four runs of Rogue Legacy in half an hour, depending on how well I'm doing, right? Um, And this is the perfect game for me at the studio, where it's like, it's 2 p.m., I have a show at 3 p.m. There isn't really much I want to do in the meantime or can get into. Let me just jump in and play a few rounds of Rogue Legacy 2. And I'm loving it. It's so good. It plays so well. Uh, I thoroughly recommend this game like it's it's purely excellent like and for you federico it's on the steam you Mm. can get it on steam deck so like (sighs) i gotta add it to my list uh Mm. i will recommend it like i've been hearing it's very good on steam deck which is making me think does mike hurley want a steam deck this is a question i'm asking myself i think you really do Honestly, like I'm surprised mm. you haven't gotten one, honestly. Well, okay, so this is the thing of like getting one, you know, that's like a whole thing on mm. its own. Mm. Am I going to put an order in now and then sometime towards the end of the year get the ability to buy one or do I buy a scalped one? I mean, did, if you did you put in the don't... pre-order pre-order no. thingy? No. I did. I did pretty I much day hour one. Yeah. I haven't heard anything yet. It could take... I mean, I know people that did that, right? Same thing, and, and they're still waiting, right? So this yeah, is very normal, knows? right? Yeah, who knows? And so this is the thing. Like, right now, they're saying Q3, but I'm pretty confident if I put my name in the ring right now, I would not get one in 2022. Like, I just feel like it's just not going to happen. So if I was to get one, I would need to get one on the, like, the resale market, and then, I don't know. Like, we'll see. I mean... I know Federico, by looking at our show notes here, it seems like Federico's got some stuff that he wants to talk about in the Steam Deck, so maybe I'll come back to this conversation a little later on. But the Mm -hmm. main reason I didn't put in for a Steam Deck at the time is I thought that ergonomically I wouldn't be able to handle it, but my life has changed a lot, and I don't have those same issues anymore due to having a better fitness regime. Like I don't get RSI from playing video games anymore. So I now think that maybe a Steam Deck could be a possibility for me, especially if Mm. I would probably want to play it similarly to how I play these, like 20 minutes at a time, just pick up the desk, play a game. So a console that has given me an experience like that, which I wanted to talk a little bit about today, is the Playdate. So since we last spoke, Mm. I received, I both received and broke a Playdate in the time in which we spoke. Um, So I received my Playdate, had it for a few weeks, I dropped it and broke the screen. I am currently talking with Panic and Playdate about how we're going to fix this, like get it repaired. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it, but like I think I might be their first repair. So they're just going to replace it, aren't they? We're working on this process. The, mm. the, the, I again, like I've just spoken to them yesterday, and the plan currently 
it hasn't been finalized that I will send it to them. And if they can repair it, they'll repair it. If they can't repair it, they're going to replace it and I'll pay them for that. Um, cool. Because it was my act, right. it was an accident for me. Yeah. Like, uh, they should, I, you know, I know that they have been very good at replacing playdates that arrive broken, mm. but mine didn't. <laughs> mine got broken because Mike dropped it, <laughs> which is the real problem. <laughs> um, and I busted the screen. It wasn't the a terrible drop, but it was one of those drops where I could equally imagine if I if it was my phone, I would pick up my phone and look at the screen. Did I break this? You know mm. what I mean? It mm. it was only at home, but hey ho. However, whilst the thing it is, makes, the phone's a lot heavier, right? So you kind of almost expecting it because the weight of the thing falling. Yes, but Playdate's really light and plastic, and I know I would have thought maybe, ah, uh, yeah. I don't know, right? Like, but then at the same time, it's like it's not as well protected, or I think built to withstand breaks right. like a phone is, right? So, yeah. Uh, but basically, what I say is, when I picked it up, I was expecting it to be broken, and it was. Like, it wasn't like I dropped it on a carpet, right? I dropped it mm. onto a wooden floor whilst in motion from standing height. Mm. Like, it it not only went down, it went forward. Like it just slipped out of my hand. You know, I'm not, there's no blame here. Like I dropped the thing, I broke it. It's made me very, very sad because I freaking love the Playdate. I love it. Ooh. So I've been mm. super sad about this because I was worried that I would not be able to do anything. Now, you know, I'll be without one for a while because I, I've been playing it via the Mirror app on the Mac, but it's just not the same. It loses all of its charm playing it that way. Do you want mine? <laughs> I, you know what? I was wondering if this was a thing that might come up at a certain point uh, that I would mention this you know, and you would say, do you want mine? Just based on our conversations that we've had about the play date. Well, I appreciate that. You should hang on to it because I'm going to get mine fixed. Right. So, but I appreciate that. Here's offer. the thing. I got mine. I, and I'm so honestly bummed about it. I'm so sad about this, but I had high hopes for this device. And I didn't even get, do the intro. That's because the only time, and I mentioned this before, but the only time when I can play video games is at night. And I can't, you know, and I play games in the bedroom usually. Um, and this device is not backlit. Mm. And I tried to follow the intro. There's a very, I guess, beautifully animated intro. And I couldn't see a damn thing. Mm -hmm. And I realized, well, <laughs> this is likely not going to be a device for me. Because I just didn't realize how dim the display was going to be. I guess, I, I guess I'm not used to this problem anymore. You know, because I've had backlit devices, you yep. know, going back to the GBA SP like 17 years ago. So it's not like, like I knew that it was not going to be backlit, but, you know, for whatever reason, I just assumed, no, oh, it's going to be fine with some kind of light source. But no, like I can't see a thing without a light on. And that makes me so sad because I really wanted to play the play date and I really wanted to love it. And I guess if I were able to play during the day, I would be able to love it. But that's just not my reality at the moment. So I guess I'm waiting for a play date too, if they ever do one with a backlit display. Yeah. Because I really feel like they are alienating a part of the audience of, you know, adults like me who have like a couple of hours each night to play video games. And I just can't. And I cannot leave the light on because otherwise my girlfriend wouldn't be able to sleep. And I don't want to go into a separate room. Mm -hmm just to play the play date, you know? 
that's why I can play my Steam Deck or my Nintendo Switch in bed. Yep. Like, I don't want to go to a separate room while my girlfriend is sleeping. Uh, but that's just the reality of, of the play date right now. And I, I don't know. It's just sitting here on the shelf doing nothing. So, Federico Vatici, my name is Mike Kelly, and I'm here to extol the virtues to you of the 15-minute play date break. Where no, I have just found... I just am. let me, let me mm. just, let me just, right? Where I have found this console to really shine is like, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I've just finished a, a project and I've got something coming up. I'm going to take 10 minutes, play a little game. And I'm at home, the lights are all on, all the sun's coming in through the window and I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to play a couple of levels of Pick Pack Pup, which is a really great match three game. Like, I 100% understand what you're saying about, like, your gaming time is in the evenings and you play for a few hours. But I'll tell you, even if this thing had a backlight, you wouldn't play it this way. Because, like, none of these games are like, I'm going to sit down and play it for 45 minutes. Like, they're all, it's all, it's basically like, here is a casual game machine, right? It's like, I have 10 minutes, I'm going to play a level of a thing. And all the games are kind of made for that. Like the system auto-saves everything and it you just like lock it like a Kindle, right? And it's just ready to go. You pick it up, press the button, it's bang, you're off to go the races again. So I would, I 100% understand where you're coming from. It is this weird thing where I knew it didn't have a backlight, but I also forgot it. Right, like yeah. logically, I knew it wouldn't work at night, but I was also surprised when it arrived. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, yeah, I, that's my problem. So there are four games that I've really, really enjoyed out of the games that I've played so far. Kranken's Time Travel Adventure, which is the one that they've put on all the boxes, right? Like it's the one from the guy who did Katamari Damacy. Pick Pack Pup, which is a great match three game. Casual Birder, which is in the first week of games, which is this really fun, funny RPG game. That's the only one where I've sat and played for long periods of time because it's an RPG. And then Bloom, which is a third-party game. It's like $9 on itch. And is probably in my game... No, currently is in my game of the year list. It is like... It's a slow visual novel game that runs in real time, but you don't have to play it at any specific time, but it's just running on a clock. It's got two mechanics to it. One is like, just as a character, you're getting messages and stuff, and you're just reading through the messages and going through conversations, and it's a really fun and interesting story. And then the other part of it is you're planting flowers, watering them, and coming back a few hours later and picking them and planting more, right? So it's like, it's got these two kind of concurrent mechanics. I absolutely adored this game. It was a beautiful story. It's one of like my favorite little game experiences that I've had in a long time. It's just like adorable. All of this to say, I understand where you're coming from, but yeah, I really my... wish you could just have it around on the desk and like just pick yeah, it up in the middle of the afternoon. See, you know, that's my that's my issue. I don't take breaks. Okay, so I I have this very tight schedule uh -huh. um, where 
everything needs to happen at specific moments. Uh, we're very busy, especially this year, for mm. various personal reasons. But for me, the idea of a break is just not a thing. If I know that I need to put in three hours of work in an afternoon, I'm going to put in three hours of work. I'm just going to lock myself in the bedroom or the kitchen or whatever, and I'm going to write. But I don't take breaks. Like, I don't have this idea of like, oh, I wrote for 45 minutes. Let me take a 10-minute break and play video games. No, that's just... Not. I've never really been like that, but especially yeah. not this year. Like, I'm not like that. Um, so I get it that it, this approach works for a lot of people. It really doesn't for me. That's, you know, the issue. So Federico Vatici, my name is Mike Hurley. I am here to extol the virtues of breaks. No, <laughs> to you. No, <laughs> no. Okay, it's just no. I, I don't. I don't like at breaks. At some point, no. maybe in the summer, maybe when you're on a vacation. And also, if I take a break, I'd rather just hang with the dogs or with Sylvia. You know, not just uh, oh, I'm yeah. gonna be taking be taking a break, but I'm not gonna be spending any time with you guys. It's, no, you know. I hope at some point in the future, you 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 give it a try. I do. I, I, yeah. 100% I understand everything you're saying. I'm not saying any of it's wrong. This is your lived experience, right? Like, I get it, right? And I totally understand. See, here's the thing. I know if this thing had a backlight, you'd freaking love it. Like, yes. So yeah. that, that's why, like, I want you to experience these games a little bit because I've, there are some in here that I know you would adore. It's a shame. The other thing you could do, you could do it, is like you can plug it into your Mac and you can play it, right? And then you've got the light of the Mac, but that's not really a comfortable or fun experience, to be honest. Or maybe I could get I could get one of those um, head-mounted lights, you know, like a, I'm like a helmet. I'm convinced someone's going to make a little <laughs> light for this thing. Like, I genuinely can't believe it hasn't been done yet. And I really hope Panic is working on one, like that you can yeah, like get the, the little Game, Game Boy, Boy light. Yeah, yeah, like the the hovering mm -hmm. <laughs> light uh, with the with the case yeah. that you would put over the Game Boy. Yeah, I don't know how you live without them. I mean, all right, I'm an old man, right? But I've got these snaking uh, yes. lights that you put around the neck. That thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wear those all the time. As soon as the light starts to fade, I put those on, I, and I'm never without light. They sit around your neck. You can fold them into whatever shape you want, into a pretzel if you like. They have different uh, light settings. You can have a, a warmer white or you can have a cooler white. So at nighttime, you know, you can set it to warm and it looks really nice. And if you're reading, it's very easy to read. If you have a screen, you don't have to have it shining directly at the screen. You can you can just have it reflecting so that you don't get the glare. And that works great. And they're like oh, 15 pounds a, on Amazon. Yeah, there's a surprisingly large number of neck lights I know. on Amazon. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I have two. <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I could. Know. Maybe I could wear. I could use one of these neck lights. Honestly, like, uh, hmm. Yeah, I would love an idea. you to try this thing. To find a way to try it, because I think you would. I think you would really like it a lot. It's weird and fun in all of the ways that I know you like video games, and I think that there are some experiences on here that you would really dig. Pick, pack, pop. It's got dogs in it. You know? You play as mm -hmm. a dog. Mm. I know you love dogs. So. Yeah, I really do. So I think mm. this game, yeah. you would like this game. Yeah, I, I, I hope you can find a way at some point to, to give some of this stuff a go. So. Yeah, maybe the solution is the neck light. Mm -hmm. I'll try that. I'm going to look for the best neck light on Get Amazon. Get a good neck light. Yeah. 
Got a, got a thing around my neck and, mm-hmm. and see what happens. All right. Um, we mentioned the Steam Deck. I have a few Steam Deck updates for you. Uh, while I'm coming you know, off of this break that, from Elden Ring that I took with Pokemon Sword, as I told you, I wanted to catch up on the competitive scene and I reached my goal of climbing back into Master Ball tier, tier and sort of uh, uh, regaining this knowledge from two years ago. I'm very happy about that. Um, I'm considering what my next game is going to be. I mean, I want to I wanna do some post-game stuff in Elden Ring for sure. But also, I'm to- like, I thought I was going to start Tunic, and that's probably what I'm going to do. But also, my st- like you just mentioned Rogue Legacy 2, and that is piquing my interest in right now. But on my Steam Deck, I also have Black Mesa, which is the remake of Half-Life 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Valve like officially endorsed, and I never played Half Life, so Black Mesa is looking really promising because I've always Half-Life's wanted great, to. Man. Yeah, so I'm. I don't know. It's either gonna be Tunic or Black Mesa. So we'll see about that. But in the meantime, Valve has been really busy with the Steam Deck. So let me let me make the case as to why you should be getting a Steam Deck if you can. And if you if you find one of those scalpers on eBay, I mean, just give them your money. You know, it, you know it's, it's fine. <laughs> you deserve the money for being so so enterprising. You, deserve, you gotta you gotta treat yourself. You know, it's you know, it, it, well, you're just gonna pay double the price. It's not that much. Um, you know, you get a, you get a nice gift for yourself. Um, you know, you save a bit <laughs> extra next month. Um, mm-hmm. So they've been really busy lately. They've been addressing a ton of uh, requests from the gamer community, but also like regular people requests. Uh, one of them being a lock screen. There is now a lock screen that you can set to show on wake, on boot, uh, when you switch between desktop and gaming mode. Desktop mode being the Linux environment that you don't really have to use except if you want to get into the whole emulation scene. Uh, so you got this lock screen. It supports a six-digit pin code, shows you the battery, shows you net- the network status, uh, shows you a clock all the usual stuff. It's fine. Uh, what's really nice is that you can now create per-game performance profiles. So, for example, if you want to uh, frame uh, rate limit Elden Ring, but you don't want to have those limits for Tunic, right? you can set profiles on a per-game basis. So you can run a game with a certain configuration in terms of thermal performance and frame rates and graphic performance, and you can run another game with a different configuration. Or you can just fall back on the default configuration settings, and that's also supported. So it's nice. You can now access this per game profiles using the quick access menu really well done they have cleaned up the quick access menu a bunch some settings are now into the standalone settings app such as the haptics settings which used to sort of clutter the quick access menu now those are accessible from the main settings uh there's a ton of fixes for the keyboard the keyboard was one of the the software keyboard i mean was one of the weakest points of the steam deck experience when i when i when i got it in april it's much better now a lot more reliable you know to to show the on-screen keyboard you press the steam button plus x so steam x shows the on-screen keyboard a lot faster and more reliable in both gaming and desktop environments and they've had a, a bunch of fixes to uh type special characters as well as over 20 international keyboards they have now a globe menu like on ios to switch between those international keyboards really nicely done 
there is now an official um, sort of section and marketplace on iFixit with official repair guides from Valve as well as wow. official components, official parts you can buy from huh. iFixit to repair and you know switch components in your Steam Deck. I know this is quite popular because some folks do not like the uh, the noise that a particular batch of Steam Deck units. Oh, I've heard about this. There's a good fan and a bad fan. There's a good fan and a bad fan. And if you are in the batch of the bad fan Steam Decks, you can get an official replacement from iFixit and follow the official guide to mm. swap it in, which is cool. I mean, right, uh, Valve is really opening up this thing to the community and showing how it works, how it's done, right, and how you can replace parts. The question there, though, was like, so why did they ship the bad fan then? They, I don't know. You know what I mean? Do you see why that's a bit yeah. that's a bit weird, right? Like it's a bit weird. I think also like a software update. Like I think the fan got worse uh-huh. because of like some software updates that Valve did, and maybe then it was too late to to walk it back. I don't know. Right, Still, right. if you have the 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 wine fan, you can change it uh, via iFixit. Yeah. Um, and then what really happened over the past month, month and a half? is that the emulation community really cracked this thing open. And I mean, it, it runs Linux, and it's officially like you, Linux and the gaming mode. It's not like a hack. It's a built-in mode. Of, it's like an official thing you can do on the Steam Deck. And uh, obviously, Linux can be a bit scary, you know, especially when it comes to uh, installing apps manually or changing some settings via the console, which will be the equivalent of the macOS terminal. Um, It can be quite intimidating. So I came across this really cool uh, sort of app and and website called emudeck.com. And emudeck is basically this prepackaged thing that takes care of installing all kinds of emulators for you and configuring them for the Steam Deck. I'm talking about like all Nintendo consoles, all PlayStations from the, you know, PlayStation PS1, 2, and 3. Nintendo DS with Citra, which is not an emulator you usually see. Uh, Samu, which is also the Nintendo Wii U. All Sega consoles, all the old ones like Amiga, Atari, Commodore 64, all these folks. Um, the, the beautiful thing here is that it installs the emulators for you, but it also configures each one mm. for the deck, meaning buttons, controllers, keyboard shortcuts, like all those things. Usually it takes like, for all these emulators, it would take you like two weeks to go through and change these settings manually. And this thing, it's like an all-in-one launcher that you download, you follow the guide, and it does it all for you. I would also recommend, obviously, the excellent um, work of Retro Game Corps on YouTube. This is a very popular channel channel if you're into emulation. And they did a video on setting up EmuDeck, and it's perfect. It takes like 10 minutes of your time and I was able to take my existing uh, saves from Dolphin Emulator yep. and my existing game catalog from Dolphin, uh, paste it into the uh, the new installation via EmuDeck. And now what's nice about this is that I have uh, like a proper, for example, Metroid Prime icon. When I switch back to gaming mode, it's in my library. It's got a nice uh, cover art, like a nice poster art. Uh, it's like it looks like real game, but it's actually based on Dolphin. 
although you never see Dolphin. That's the nice thing about it. Like, you never see what goes on behind the scenes. When you launch it, it looks like a regular game. You can do this with Super Nintendo games, with Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, like PS1 games. PS1 actually uses Duck Station. Duck Station is this new emulator on the scene for PlayStation 1 games. And what's unique about it, you probably seen the videos of this, Mike, a while back. Duck Station is the one that does upscaling for PS1 games. So you can play like Ridge Racer 2 or, I don't know, Tekken 3 at 4K or something like okay. that, uh, which is incredible. So, yeah, the emulation scene has really come together to simplify um, how you can install these things on the deck. And, yeah, basically where I am now is it's great to have this little portable machine that Valve is updating on a regular basis and that lets you combine your Steam library, right? Um, which means AAA games as well as a ton of indie games you can get. Uh, PC games that are, that are getting uh, Steam, Deck, Steam Deck compatibility on a weekly basis now, plus the entire world of emulation in a portable console. And so this all-in-one approach, like between... I mean, you, you, uh, I've also installed like um, PlayStation Remote Play on the Steam Deck, so I can also Remote Play Is that from an my PS5 thing. No, but uh, Remote Play as an API, so third-party right. developers can make uh, Remote Play clients. And Microsoft did a tutorial. There's actually like an official guide on how to set up um, Xbox Cloud Gaming on your Steam Deck via the Microsoft Edge browser. They have mm. an official guide on Microsoft.com on how to do that. So it's like the it's like the, the all-in-one approach of the Nintendo Switch, but for multiple platforms on the same console. If you, I mean for me it's incredible, right? Because I'm into emulation, I'm into this kind of stuff. But even if you don't want to do that, even if you're like, no, I don't want to play old games, I want to play new games, then it's great because you're getting updates on a weekly basis now, and dozens of games are getting Steam Deck uh, compatibility, again, on a weekly basis. So there's a ton of choice, and yeah, the, that's where I am right now. I just got, I love that between the Switch and the Steam Deck, I have these portable consoles with a ton of options for me to choose from. Hmm. I am surprised that you haven't said, like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to spend the money and get one. Well, I mean, I've been looking. I'm poking mm. around. I, I mean, of, like, prices. I'm yeah. feeling very confident that I will do it. But so here's the question I'll ask you then. For what you're playing on the Steam Deck, is it mostly emulated games, mostly new no, games? Like, no, what are you playing? No, no, it's a mix of both. Uh, so I I have been playing Metroid Prime 1 and mm -hmm. Wind Waker uh, mm -hmm. again. Uh, but uh, Elden Ring, like I finished Elden Ring on the Steam Deck. Right. Uh, Did you I play, play I, majorly on the Steam Deck? Uh, no, I played majorly on the on the desktop PC yeah. that I have. But like, because the final part of the game, like the final 10 hours, it was a ton of grinding and a ton of just try again, try again, try again. I just figured I was going to, I was taking the Steam Deck with me everywhere. And I was just playing at night because I didn't want to bother Sylvia with the big screen. And so I was like, I'm going to try this over and over and over with the Steam Deck. And you can play Elden Ring like 30 frames per second. It's fine. 1080p, 30 frames on the Steam Deck. Sometimes actually even 35 to 40 
uh, great performance on the deck. Uh, but yeah, I would say I played 55 hours on the desktop PC and the final 15 hours on the deck. So yeah, it's not just an emulation machine, right? No, uh, I mean, I just wonder what, you, what, 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 what it was fulfilling for you. It's a mix of both. It's a mix of both. Uh, and indie games, I like if the same game comes out on both uh, Steam Deck and the Nintendo Switch, I'm probably going to get on the Steam Deck uh, because it's likely that I'm getting better performance out of it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. mean, it's right there, right? And I mean, it's right there. So, um, but yeah, I, you should you should really consider it, uh, especially because like the these other uh, Windows based consoles, right, that are coming out, like yeah. the A Neo that we mentioned before, they're coming out with the the A Neo two and the A Neo Air this year. But those are aren't gonna beat the Steam Deck. They're gonna be based on the same RDNA two GPU uh that the steam deck has mm-hmm. but they're not a steam deck so at this point at you know given the same um uh components given the same uh, gpu uh just got a steam deck because at that point at that point you get the 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 portable steam os experience experience which is nicer than running windows so and it's more optimized for touch and a portable display yeah, and configured in all these fun ways, like and the co- buttons are all done. Exactly, yeah. like you don't have to do anything yourself. It just it it's it combines sort of the best of both worlds. And then if you want to get your hands dirty with emulators and that kind of stuff, you switch to desktop mode. You set them up, and then you exit uh, desktop mode, and you go back to gaming mode, and you have them right there. It's like it's just, I see more people like that I follow, more shows and that I listen to and watch. Like, as more and more people are getting Steam decks, it's just like pushing me more and more to wanting one, you know? Because, like, yeah. you feel like, oh, one person's having a good experience. Maybe they just like it. But then, like, the more everyone's experiences continue to get more and more positive. It's like, yeah. oh man, do I want one of these? And the answer yeah. is yes, I do want one. So now yeah. I'm going to start keeping my eye on prices. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Shahid, what what handheld console have you been, have you been playing? Uh, I have not been playing <laughs> with a handheld console. I've not been playing on my PS Five. I've been not. I've not been playing on my Xbox Series X. Remember, I got one of those. Mm-hmm. I've not been playing uh, on any of the traditional devices. I'll tell you what I have been playing: an awful lot of Mario Kart. With the family. Work okay. has been really, really hectic. So that wonderful regime that I had begun, which I mentioned during the last remaster I was on, where I would spend a bit of time in the morning in front of my lovely telly and my replica Eames recliner playing video games on the PS5. The lap of luxury. My God, that was so good. Anyway, that seems like a lifetime ago. I've just got so busy i haven't got time for that so what happens is i will now play a little bit of mario kart with the family after dinner time uh because dinner time sacrosanct Mm. it's about the only time i get to spend with the family and straight after i'm not going to go straight back to work there has been a lot of that you know going straight back to work after dinner so that time has been spent playing mario kart and i i've only got one thing to say really Okay, I've got a lot more than one thing to say. You know this. <laughs> Come on. But the main Don't thing I've that. got to say is I hate the blue shell. The blue shell is the worst pickup ever designed. It is despicable. It is it is the 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 tool of the devil. I cannot stand the blue shell. Now, how do we get 
to this point. We got to this point because, and this is going to be no surprise to a lot of people, but I think Mario Kart is the greatest video game franchise of all time. Mm. And it's my favorite game of all time. My favorite game of all time is Super Mario Kart on the SNES. And I played that game for two years, every single day, two hours a day, minimum. Yep. That, uh, and, you know, I was working at the time. Like, I was pulling all-nighters at work at the time. And the thing I wanted to say about Mario Kart is it's been around 30 years this year. Yeah. Wow. And it has marked some of the most important stages of my life. And I can't think of any other cultural phenomenon that I could, I guess, uh, bookmark my life with uh, or bookend the various stages. So, for example, the SNES um, Mario Kart, the very first one, I, I bought it on a whim. I had no idea if it was any good. I thought it was, you know, just a Mario game and it's just going to be okay. I bought that just before I went in-house. So up until this point, from 82 to 92, to the, to the December of 92, I'd always worked from home. And at the beginning of 93, I started working in-house at Bits, Bits Corporation. They did lots of Game Boy stuff and they did SNES stuff and I did loads of music for them and most of it was awful, but some of it seems to have stood the test of time. And it's not me saying that, it's other people saying that. It's really weird to get people sending me links to uh, OSTs from the SNES era saying, was this you and me having to say, uh, yeah, I'm really sorry, do you want your money back? And they say, no, we love this music. And it's very strange. The passing of time seems to improve really poor quality work. But uh, there you go, eh? Rose-tinted <laughs> glasses. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just before I became a dad. And I would play this thing relentlessly, practice yeah. relentlessly. And that music, my God, had some of the most beautiful jingles of any video game of all time. I recommend that anybody listening, if they haven't heard the jingles for each of the characters from the original Super Mario Kart, that they go to YouTube, find the OSD, and this is the SNES version, and listen to yeah. those. That cartridge was a miracle. The amount of stuff they packed into that tiny little space. And that's when they had, they didn't even have proper 3D graphics. People might remember Mode 7 graphics, you know, that gave you that kind of quasi 3D effect. They even had to stick a DSP chip in there just to make the floating point faster because they need to do fast floating point calculations to shift all of those. I'd, I'd never heard of Mode around. 7 graphics now, but just no? looking on Google Image Search, I'm like, yeah, I know what this means. You know, like just that style. Because like, I would just, yeah. if I can interrupt you for a second. Like, I have some of my best early gaming memories were playing Super Mario Kart on SNES. Like, right. this was my first Mario Kart as well, right? Like, well, I know it was this the is, first. Yeah, I mean, but, like, it was mine, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. like, a lot of people, I think it's uh, Mario Kart 64, right? Ah, uh, right, right. But I see like, what you mean. I was playing this from when I was a baby, you know? Like, no offense, right? Uh, and, like, I remember, like, the multiplayer mode on this was just so good. Like balloon mode. Oh my God, come on. Like me and my brother used to play this endlessly, this game. Yeah, I, I played the two player on this endlessly as well. Yeah. And my one player, 
that I would spend two hours a day on was practice for the two-player sessions. Mm-hmm. That's the way I saw it. And that horizontal split, you know, it, it was just beautiful. I, I can't remember a better balanced game. And they practically, no, not practically, Nintendo invented the karting genre. Now, you tell me one company in the last 30 years that has bettered Mario Kart. No one. No one. No one's come close. And they didn't even have drifting in the first one. Drifting didn't even come until the 64 version. It wasn't really, they, they didn't call it drifting. They had a drift button and you kind of waggle the the stick mm-hmm. around and, and you got that boost and it was amazing. And then they had it in the DS as well. But I'm running ahead of myself. My, my point is, for every top 10, top 5, whatever list I've ever made of video games, the SNES version of Super Mario Kart has always been number one. Because I think it was perfectly balanced. I never ran out of challenges. I was constantly, constantly improving. I was taking fractions of a second off my lap times. And I knew exactly what I needed to do in order to improve those lap times. The game's characters were beautifully balanced. The pickups were perfectly balanced. You didn't feel cheated when you lost. To this day, I still remember how... And this is nuts, I know. But this is what video games do to you, right? I remember the feeling of rumble, even though there was no mm-hmm. rumble in those controllers, mm-hmm. of driving along Bowser's castle. You remember those cobblestones? Because the screen shook, right? And the sound was there. And and yeah. when I remember it, I remember the feeling in my hands. But there was no feeling in my hands. That was all done through the eyes and ears. I remember the music of each level. I remember the the beautiful lines that you had to take on Donut Plains. That was my favorite track. Loved that track to bits. I remember the um, the victory jingles. I would stand up and I would do my stupid dance every time <laughs> I won with my character to the victory jingle. And the great like awards procession, right? Oh, that would occur amazing. at the end of the Grand Prix. Amazing. I loved everything about it. It was just so twee and so ridiculous. And yet so perfect. I'd never seen anything like it. It was candy. It was absolutely beautiful. And yet it was candy you could eat forever. And I kept gorging and gorging and gorging. And I only stopped because there were because we started to hit kind of like the PC online era. And by this time I was doing a lot more work at bits. So I had very little time. And you started seeing stuff like Doom and you know, all of those PC first-person shooter kind of things started to come out. We started to play that networked, and that kind of took over. But there are also loads of other brilliant SNES games started to come out, like Donkey Kong Country. But again, that's not why I'm here to talk. I'm not talk, talking about the rest of the SNES catalog, which was, of course, absolutely amazing. Um, just Mario Kart. So what next? I didn't play um, Super Circuit or Double Dash. But I did, uh, and they were later. Uh, were they later? No, no. The Game Game Boy Advance one was in between. Uh, the GameCube came later, but the next one was with the Nintendo sixty four version, and that's where they introduced the power slide, which for me was just oh, oh my god! You just get this right, you can power slide forever, you know. And they they tweaked that for every version that they ever did. And the other major change that they made, of course, there were two major changes. The, the first was a shift to proper three D rendering. Because, of course, the SNES version was 2D, faked 3D, using the Mode 7 graphics and the DSP chip. Yeah. But the Nintendo 64, of course, proper 3D, uh, polygonal. Um, so the move to 3D was a one thing, and I thought they would have lost something. And it kind of did, 
That's why I preferred the SNES version. It did not feel as tight. It was not as smooth, but it still had that magic. It still had the handling. And the second thing was the absolute killer feature, which is four-player multiplayer yeah. local. So yeah, yeah f- and battle mode was also new in, yeah. in this in 64, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember uh, this marked my shift from development. So all of these different versions of Mario Kart have marked major turning points in my working life. So this marked my shift from development to publishing, because this is around about the summer of 97. I'd, I left Bits by this point, and I joined Virgin Interactive. And uh, with my colleagues, I would be playing um, at lunchtime, four-player Mario Kart 64. But also I'd play it with other people as well. I'd play on my own. Again, I played absolutely forever. And f- for me, the the best gameplay advance in the 64 version was the power slide. I cannot, I I don't think there is a single mechanic in any video game ever that I have spent as much time enjoying because it's something that you feel and it's something that continues and it's something that you can, um, you can elongate if you're really skillful, you know, you keep that feeling going and you're progressing and yeah. So this is one of the reasons why I despise the blue shell, but I will come to that in a bit. Can I just give a piece of real-time follow-up? Yeah, please. Battle mode was in all Mario Kart games. It was in the original. So that was that was the name of the two-player, multiplayer oh, that I used so to play. What was new in 64? The four-player? Yeah, four-player was four new. Player. Okay. Yeah, because you could only play okay. two people on the SNES. Right, right, right. That's right. right. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you had a horizontal split on the SNES version. You had four-player in each corner. And, of course, um, the graphical improvements. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I wouldn't call them improvements. Change, it's different. It's different different style. Different style. Yeah, because you're moving to 3D, and it's very, very early 3D, right? So it's not going to be highly detailed. And, of course, we know there was not much texture detail. So, you know, give and take. I mean, yes, some people would say better. In some areas, it was better. But I would say in some areas, it, it took a bit of a drop. And it was a while before it was able to kind of get that balance. But for me, the biggest thing about it wasn't the four-player for the 64 um, N64 version. It wasn't the four-player. It wasn't the 3D. It was a power slide. That was the thing. That's mm. what made it. Um, but yeah, that that was my um, that was me moving into publishing at Virgin Interactive. And then the next major milestone for me was the the DS version. Uh, the DS version in January 2006. I remember playing with my uh, DS that a colleague of mine got for me from Japan when it came out. Mario um, Kart DS, so freaking good. Oh my, oh god. Yeah. my god. So good. So yeah. good. I destroyed the DS with that game. Super Mario Kart, the original, amazing. For me, the next incredible one was Mario Kart DS. Like, I played them all, enjoyed them all. I liked Double Dash, but it mm. was a good game, but I actually didn't like the switching part. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think. I think for good reason they've never gone back to that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an interesting mechanic, but but I think was was good for a one and done. It it really turned the game into something else. Mm. Like Mario Kart DS, so freaking good, so good, so good. Love it. I just want to say as as a note, Jay, and I'm sure you have realized this, but just like again, you are driving games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. I, I, I do like them. There, there is something about how they get you into a state of flow. It's driving games, but it's also shooters. 
and yeah. it's it's Twitch arcade games. So it's all for me. It's all yeah. about the uh, inducing the flow state, mm-hmm. and all of these games induce the flow state. Uh, maybe not shooters so much. Shooters is different. Shooters is incredibly visceral, very primal. So the interesting thing about the DS was it marked me joining PlayStation, and we all had DSs at PlayStation in the account management team, <laughs> and eight of us would be playing this at lunchtime. And one day, our boss saw what was going on and banned it. And he banned it on the basis that we <laughs> were playing. That's what he said. <laughs> we were playing. That, that he said, how would it look if... Because remember, it was my job. When I joined, right, it's my job to sell the PSP to developers. And when I say sell, I mean support it, right? Promote it to, to the development community. And I was also um, the only developer account manager who was also tasked with promoting to a publisher, and that publisher being EA. Pretty important, right? So his point, which at the time I thought was was crazy, but now in hindsight, I realized he was absolutely right. It wasn't that he was jealous. We said, how do you think it's going to look if we have somebody, if one of our partners comes in and he sees the entire, and it was a he, he sees the entire account management team playing a rivals thing instead of the PSP. Uh, to which my response, which I got proper telling off, was, "Well, if we had something this good on the PSP, we'd be playing it." <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, though, right? <laughs> I didn't go down too well. I, I didn't say I wasn't trying to be rude or cheeky. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make the point. I said the reason we're playing this is it's absolutely killer. This is the kind of thing we need to be doing. Of course, no one could ever do it. No one could ever match it. And you're right. There was something very peculiarly good about the balance of features and feel in the DS version that I think I don't think has been matched. I think it actually improved on the SNES version and has never quite been matched in terms of the overall balance of features. I think that there was, the, and again, even for Mario Kart 7, which was on the 3DS, another fantastic game. I think that there is something about Mario Kart which really benefits from handheld. Like, mm. I think that there is like just a, you've got it, you're like staring at it, your hands are right there, like you're focused. I've also always really enjoyed the dual screen because you get the map. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Good like, point. I yeah, like that. I, I think I th- I've always thought it translated to DS really, really well mm. in a way that not all games did. I think. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Absolutely right. That was a good point about the dual screen. I did enjoy that, and I liked being able to flip the screen through the different modes mm-hmm. to to see all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. So. I'm going to skip through a lot of the other stuff because I, I barely remember the interim Mario Karts. But the, the final one was, of course, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch, which marked my return to independent development. It's incredible mm. how all of these different versions that I've enjoyed so much have coincided with a major shift in my working life. But yeah, so what can I say about this version? <laughs> We're okay. going to be nervous for you when the next Mario Kart comes out. Probably. You know? Probably. <laughs> it's like, oh no, he's going to quit his job again. Retirement. <laughs> retirement. <laughs> but yeah, it might be a retirement. I'll tell you why. Because this version, okay, so the first version uh, was before I became a dad. So actually, my, my ex was pregnant with our, with our first when I was playing it. And she used to hate the music 
absolutely hate the music for years afterwards. Because the thing is, she had, she'd have a lot of sickness carrying the uh, carrying our eldest. And so I'd always had this music on, and it would always take her back to that time. So she'd be reminded of the sickness constantly. So that's why she hated it. Um, no, nothing to do with the music. And here we are, 30 years later, and I'm playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe against my young son, who's absolutely wiping the floor with me. I have 30 years of practice, and he's destroying me. And there's nothing I can do. Sometimes I win, but most of the time he wins. And you know what? That's great. I mean, I, I think I'm going to hand over Mario Kart to the next generation now because I've had more fun than any person has a right to have from one video game. It is insane the amount of fun I've had out of this. In fact, I remember in the early days of Mario Kart, I made the very strong argument that uh, that some companies should charge... There's an argument about video games being too expensive, and my argument was some games are too cheap because we are getting hundreds and hundreds of hours of value for games that should be costing two, three, four times as much. And of course, this was before you could have downloadable content and season passes and that kind of thing, which brings me on to my next complaint. I did buy the season pass and uh, I bought it a bit too quickly because all I saw in the advertising campaign was retro tracks brought back to life and what have you. What I didn't notice was the bit about it being a season pass and what that meant, and that meant that this stuff isn't available. Now, I wouldn't mind if it was all within a year, but they're talking about end of 23? Yeah, I'm, I've, I did it. I knew it was going to be spaced out, like, because I watched, I mean, this is not a thing. I was like, I, I watched the announcement and blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I was watching the direct or whatever. Yeah. And I bought, I mean, I got it because I'm already, I already have Nintendo Switch Online expansion oh, I pack. Don't. So right, I right. got it, I got it with that. Right. I, but yeah. I would have, I would have done what you did anyway. I would have bought yeah. it. Yeah. I am surprised that there's only been one set of tracks so far. I keep checking. I'm like, When's the next one coming? And there's, currently, there's, there's been another one. Yeah, there's two. I've got two. I've got two championships. Oh. The first two. So there oh, yeah, are no, six... but I think that's it, the, the, it's in six waves of eight tracks. So there's only been one set. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Eight eight tracks have been released. That's right. And I was like, I've been keep checking. I'm like, oh, have I got more? Nope. I'm like, I'm kind of like, I I don't know when I'm supposed to be getting the next set, but. Yeah, you know, I, I I will say, you know, I played it, loved it. Like it was great to go through some old ones again, and mm. I am excited for for more to come. But Same yeah, it, it is a bit like wouldn't have minded to get them all at once, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, does it still have the magic? Absolutely. It's still probably probably the most fun. Uh, video game that we play as a family. There's, there's nothing else that we play as a family on a console of any description that's anywhere near this much fun. It it enrages us. It delights us. It makes us laugh. It makes us scream. It you know it brings us close to swearing. And I have to be um, I have to I have to exercise considerable restraint sometimes. But the one thing that brings me m- more close to an outburst of obscenity than anything else is the blue shell. Because there I'll be in my little bubble of flow, heading towards first place, and five yards from the finish line, 
I'll be hit by a blue shell, having raced perfectly. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do about it. And that's the thing. And then I'm after being hit by the blue shell, someone hits me with a red shell. I'm still four yards from the finish line. Then someone rams into me with a banana. And now suddenly I was first, but now I'm seventh. And that was not around in earlier Mario Karts. And I never felt hard done by. And this is the first Mario Kart where I feel that that's not right. I I disagree with, with this. I know there are a lot of people say, oh, yeah, life's not fair. And that's, well, I've got life for that. You know, mm. I know life's not fair. I'm 56. You don't need to teach me lessons through this. I play video games to get away from life, to have fun, to be entertained. You know, I, I don't go to video games for art, believe it or not. I know <laughs> that there are some games that, um, that, that are artistic, but they're not my cup of tea. I respect them, but I play games to be entertained. And for me, the blue shell is, it's just unfair. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like metaphor, it. Man. I don't, get those I don't freaking want metaphors out get of my out. game. Yeah, get them out. Get them out. <laughs> Lose the blue shell. But apart from that, absolutely brilliant. 30 years of pure... Uh, I was going to say unadulterated. Uh, in I won't say unadulterated. Of pure the blue joy. shell. The, I will give my defense no. of the blue shell. No, please. Go on. In local multiplayer... I think it's a fun addition, like because everything can change, and I think it yes, frustrating when it happens to you, but like if you're playing like with other people sitting next to you and like they're in third place, and then the blue shell comes and smashes you, and then the person next to you wins, and you're like ah, you know, I like it for that. I gotta say, gotta that's say. what I hate it for. That's what I hate it for. <laughs> I want yeah. no one to beat me. <laughs> no, I don't mind. I'm happy to be beaten mm-hmm. by the skillful. And also by by someone using a red shell, mm-hmm. because I, I can do something about that. Someone uses a red shell, I can hit the brakes, well, uh, y- I yeah. can be carrying a banana, I can be carrying a green shell, holding that behind me. You know, there are a bunch of things I can do, which I'm, I'm much more likely to get those pickups than the, the horn blaster thing that yes. you almost never get, right? Yes. And you're supposed to hold on to that for the whole yeah, race. You get and that you're... at the beginning of the yeah. race, and then yeah, that's yeah. your only item right, that's you can it. hold. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's quite a play, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, love it. Love it. Not the blue shell, but everything else. 30 years of joy. Well done, Nintendo. That That is a serious achievement. And I hope to be playing it in another 30 years as well. Hope to be around for another 30 years. That'd be ace. Maybe I'll be emulating Super Mario. Um, I guess I, Federico, you need to answer this question for me. Can't. Can you do DS emulation on the Steam Deck? Yeah, you can. Oh, well, that's that then, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> There's a Citra, I think, is the emulator oh, you're looking no. for. Yeah. Why not just get a DS? <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like too much work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 